Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, uh, Winston Peters is, gets uh, called out by Mike Hosking for the things he said yesterday. Uh, no punishments for, P- for MPs who do the wrong thing, cabinet ministers who do the wrong thing. Uh, actors who um, do the same role, whatever movie they're in. We'll talk about that. And uh, finally, uh, recovery, uh, the rate of recovery here in the States, everywhere else. Uh, we'll look at that too. But before anything else, um, how long can these bailouts go on for? The cold, hard economic reality, and we are starting to see some of the harder numbers from the banks and the forecasters now, is that our economy is being rocked to its core. And a government with an eye on a vote cannot afford unemployment at over 10%. They cannot afford lease signs up on dozens of windows as you walk to the polling booth. They cannot afford to see months of news stories about food banks and queues for job seeker benefits and more records are broken around the social housing. They have the answer, of course. Money. And they're printing it. And up until this point, most of us haven't latched on to the fact that it's all false. None of it's real. What's real is the ability to stand on your own two feet, make a profit, use the profit to expand and employ some people and sell some more stuff. Not a lot of people are doing that right now. And there is little suggestion that's going to significantly change. So do they extend the wage subsidy that runs out around the end of May? That's three months until the vote. How far do they extend it before it looks farcical, before it looks like a bribe? How many scratches do they itch? How many bills do they pay? At some point... We have to face up to what this is doing to our way of life. And part of it, no one's fault. Part of it's no one's fault. But part of it sits with the government that had us in lockdown way too long, still do to this day, and they don't understand business. But for all those who thought this wasn't political, watch now and just see how long they can argue there's plenty of money, the support is going nowhere, and we can all worry about the bill another day. That's socialism at its most exposed, and a good number of its disciples are currently running the place. It's, um... Funny how socialism is a dirty, dirty word for some people. Um, are we not allowed to have a few socialist policies to look after each other a little bit? People, I don't know, they seem to run a mile from socialism and I'm not quite sure why. Anyway, um, Winston Peters, I don't think you could ever really describe him as being a socialist, uh, especially given he wanted to lock everybody out of New Zealand yesterday. The PM loves the UN and there was no way they were going to breach a declaration that we've signed up to. We also know this because of the Begum case in Britain. You remember that? The 15-year-old who left to fight with ISIS in Syria, married a fighter, had a kid, the war was lost, and whoops, she decided she'd made a mistake and wanted to come back home to Britain. Britain said no. Helen Clark, no less, a well-known apparatchik of the UN, tweeted out at the time the illegality of leaving a person stateless. So we had the clue there, fortunately for Britain. Uh, Begum has dual citizenship, so that case rolls on in Pakistan. But back to the back to our particular charade. Given all that, we are leaving no one anywhere. All this shows us is one: ministries offer free and frank advice, devoid of circumstances outside their mandate. I.e., health doesn't know nor care about UN conventions. They were merely worried about people coming back and infecting us. And as irony would have it, quite rightly, given we didn't quarantine, we favoured self-isolation, and we all know how that went for us. And two. The government are now freaking out about the economic fallout, so they need a narrative that shows they care. More teddy bears, more hugs, more of what the Prime Minister does well, i.e. empathy, not cold, hard economic reality. In essence, Winston's revelation is a complete non-story, because despite their, oh my God, how kind are we playbook, they never, given the UN and Clark's tweet, 
had any real choice to make other than the one they did. So why did they turn it into yesterday's panto? Soaked up yet again by a compliant media because when it comes to playing us for suckers, they know they have, tragically, an easy audience. Now, I've got to confess, I didn't uh, watch or otherwise uh, consume any news yesterday after I left this building. And um, so I didn't even know any of this had happened or not happened and then resolved itself. And I really advise everybody else to do that. Um, It saves yourself, you won't get sucked into these things because you'll never know that they happened in the first place. Um, Should I be saying that given that I work for a station that deals mainly with the news? Maybe, yeah. I hope I don't get punished for that. Uh, I hope I'm, I'm like a cabinet minister and just never get punished for anything. I was just working out yesterday listening to our fine Prime Minister explain why David Clark yet again would join the pantheon of other ministers who've got no comeuppance for their actions. And I just thought, what is it that you would need to do as a cabinet minister in this country to get sacked by Jacinda Ardern? So, so far, David Clark has had a faux demotion, which is really not a demotion at all. He's still the Minister of Health, still gets paid the same money. But he's gone biking, he's gone for a walk, and he's moved house. And none of that appears to be a problem for Jacinda Ardern. And that's before you get to Ian Lees Galloway and Shrubrick. And it's before you get to Phil Twyford and the extraordinary business around Kiwi Build and Mecca Fightery, who did get stood down, to be fair, and Claire Curran, who got so embarrassing she actually sacked herself. But Ardern wasn't doing it. Would you... Could you commit armed robbery, shoot your driver, and then embezzle something and still get away with it? Or would Adun say, nah, that's not really Well, of course, the thing with Clark is that he did try to sack himself, and she said, no, no. Well, that is true. That's another one, actually. He should have been more insistent. That's, That's his fourth failing. Not only did he break the rules three times, he failed the fourth time by insisting that he needed to be sacked. And I quit, and I will not be turning up to work because I am such a disgrace, and don't you tell me otherwise. Oh, no, Clark. No, no, Clark. It'll pass. Keep your head down. Now, do you think that uh, there he, he, meant, he meant to call, when he was pretending to be the Prime Minister, he, he meant to call David Clark Clark, refer to him by his last name, or did he? was she then telling off her partner, Clark? See how confusing things get when you... Pretending to be the Prime Minister. Uh, now, a- actors, they're good at pretending to be people. Except some of them aren't that good at it, are they? Trending now on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. Morning's Reddit question. What actor's the most guilty of playing the same exact character in every film? I, I had the immediate answer, I, and the answer's in the answer, but the first one was Steven Seagal. I've never seen a Steven Seagal movie, so I wouldn't have a clue. He plays, according to uh, the people, he plays Steven Seagal in a movie called Steven Seagal. Catherine Heigl, haven't seen her for ages. What was that movie? 27, was it 27 Dresses? What a fabulous movie. That was one of the great movies of all time, 27 Dresses. Uh, she plays an uptight... What was the movie where she had John Bo- Bo- Bon Jovi? Was that 27? I, I don't watch any of those sorts of movies. She's so, brilliant. Um, she came on with, um, what's the law program that I love um, that's just finished recently? Suits. She was on in Suits, not very good in Suits. Catherine Heigl plays an uptight, controlling workaholic but learns to be a little more easygoing by the end. That's what people are saying. Kevin Hart, I love Kevin Hart, making and receiving jokes about his own diminutive stature in a, is a given. I think the fact that I can't remember a single one of his character's name, uh, name speaks for itself. I don't know that that's the point, is it? What was the last Kevin Hart movie that I saw that I liked? 
Why can't you remember any of the movies that you've seen? Why well, can't you remember New Year's Eve, I'm for like, example, like which the, is the Catherine Heigl movie that you were talking I'm about I'm like before. the Dalai Lama. I'm in the moment. I just enjoy it for the moment and then it's You're gone. You're like the Dalai Lama. Well, in the in the, in the, in the You're certainly like, funny looking like I the Dalai Lama. I live in the Lama. moment. Dwayne The Rock Johnson says somebody else. Love the guy, but he seems to be in a lot of movies where he's just The Rock. But what's wrong with that? You are what you are. Play who you are. And of course, the, my answer, the obvious one that they came up with, Hugh Grant, dithering, bumbling Englishman who somehow miraculously finds love. So true. Mark Wahlberg actually saw him the other day. Uh, My Two Dads Part Two. Very good. Both movies, My Two Dads Part One and Part Two. Rare occurrence that Part Two's as good as Part One. You don't often see that. But Mark Wahlberg, they say, always the uneducated but charming common man. Where's Tom Hanks on that list? Good He's question. Tom Not Hanks. on them. Not on them. Another miss. Well done, Glenn. Thank God you're here. Yeah, I, th- I thought there was never more clearly illustrated than um, Castaway and The Terminal. They both came out in relatively sh- short succession. And one he's stranded on an island and one he's stranded in an airport. And so not only was he an actor basically playing the same role, but uh, the movies were basically the same movie, just in different places. So... Don't get me wrong, love him, but just he's just Tom Hanks all the time, isn't he? Somebody else suggested Liam Neeson. I, I thought maybe that was racist because he can't do accents. But anyway, uh, we're going to finish up here uh, crunching the numbers of recovered people. As regards the numbers, and there are stats all over the place, and I'll give you the numbers, Australia still looks to be a little bit ahead of us. We're down to 226 active cases. For I mean, they've got to stop that one o'clock thing, that bingo session in the afternoon. It's one new case. I mean, it's getting embarrassing now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's another episode of The Chase they could be putting on there. Um, but Trump, very upbeat about the recovered stats. You know, we have a very good record of having people getting better. A lot of people don't talk about that, John Bell, where uh, people go in statistically, but you don't read about the tremendous success we've had. We've had, uh, we're just about number one in the world in terms of success. Germany's doing well, we're doing well. A couple of countries are doing okay, but we're doing very well. So the, the statistics are very good on that. So we're going we're gonna to get them better. Uh, the reference to John Bell, by the way, is uh, he's the governor of Louisiana. He's today's poor schmuck who sits there saying nothing for hours on end while Trump riffs lyrical about all the numbers he may or may not have. He actually, I've checked the numbers. As far as I can work out, I mean, yes, they've got more and more infections than anybody else. Therefore, you'd expect the recovery rate to be high. But I think they have the highest recovery rate in the world if you're looking at just sheer numbers. It's in excess of 145,000. Yeah, um, part of me does uh, suspect that Trump's secretly proud that they have the highest rate of infection in the world. It's like another, we're number one. We're beating everybody by a long way. Uh, I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, That was the rewrap. Your number one review of the Mike Hosking Breakfast podcast out there, as far as I know. There probably is another one that's better than this. I just haven't listened to it. Um, But anyway, this is the one you've decided to listen to, so I thank you for that, and I hope you decide to do that again tomorrow. See you then.